Hi there, thanks for tuning in. Today I'm speaking with Mark Ronan, who's the CEO of Adairs. Mark, great to talk to you. Thanks, Tom. It's been a while since we've spoken, and I suppose you know, over the time uh, where we haven't spoken, you've basically navigated the uh, pandemic in um, all of its uh, flourishes. Uh, what have you learned from it, I suppose, as a, as a retailer? Well, as a retailer, I think you come back to thinking about what's in your control. And that sort of happened throughout the pandemic. Early days when we went into it, we were about, right, well, inventory is the piece that will blow us up, like take cost out, manage inventory. Consumer came back and all of a sudden you're like, right, well, how do we continue to play around with inventory uh, levels to satisfy the consumer, work through the supply chain issues? Obviously, now we're in the inflation impact, which... It's an interesting one because, you know, lots of talk about that being really demand-led and obviously yep. we're trying to pull back demand. But when we sit about it and think about it in our business, that demand wasn't necessarily in Australia. You had you know, overseas suppliers putting up prices because the, the world had turned off for three or six months and now yep. all of a sudden they needed all these goods and probably a lot of them have over-ordered throughout that process as we're seeing um, throughout the world now. But, you know, and, and that, that then led to the shipping increase in shipping rates. So there's this world of as we navigated our way through it, we just kept coming back to, well, what do we control? How do we do that? What's the best outcome for the business? And and more importantly, you keep coming back, what's the best outcome for the customer? Because if you keep them happy along the way, you actually deliver a great brand at the end of it. I mean, our loyalty program at Adairs grew exponentially through there. Right. And one of our questions was, do they stick? Yep. You know, all of a sudden the home became your biggest part of your house. You weren't allowed to leave it at times. So yep. it all of a sudden became more and more important. And we've seen on the other side of that that it, those customers that we acquired over that uh, over that period, and by having a loyalty program, we can obviously then see what they do post. They've operated like traditional customers pre-pandemic, and therefore, you know, we got a whole bunch in, and now we've we've stuck them to the brand, and that helps underpin the brand success going forward. So it's been a a really interesting uh, time period, to sort of work your way through and, and understand that ultimately doing what's right for the customer will still deliver for the brand. And that, that might mean in terms of investment markets, you're not always delivering half on half for the investment market, but yep. you're actually thinking about what's the long-term plan and what's the long-term game here yep. and how do we deliver against that. So you mentioned some of the challenges in the supply chain and the distribution piece. That's been a bit of a pain point. So how um, far into the piece of resolving that are you? Yeah, so I think in terms of um, international supply chain, we're now seeing that come back to more normal sort of operating levels. So for a long while there throughout uh, all of our brands, we were running just in case stock because yep. supply chains had blown out. You couldn't get stock on boats. Now that's completely reverted to uh, there's there's plenty of capacity in our supply chain. Um, ships are sailing. So over particularly this half, we're, we're now at a spot where across, across the brands, we'll start to wind back that inventory to, to more normal sort of levels and go to a bit more of a just in case sort of mentality, which actually works quite nicely in terms of um, where the market's going and you know, consumer perhaps getting a bit tougher that allows us to wind that back. I think the big challenge for retailers and, and most businesses in Australia comes back to a lot to our domestic supply chain and the cost increases we're seeing go yep. through that, be that fuel surcharges, yep. be that just people falling over and therefore less capacity within that within that market. And it's a big country. It's, it costs a lot to move move stock around Australia. And uh, that, that cost is something that I think we're seeing having to be absorbed by by a lot of businesses in order to uh, make sure that those end customers are looked after, but it is a challenge and certainly something that I think we're all thinking about, well, how much of that does get passed on to the consumer and how does that work through? I think that's the piece within the supply chain today that's the, the challenge looking forward. It's the fun of supply chain. You, you solve one piece and then something else is there, but that's that's the world that we live in and uh, you know it's just a matter of managing your way through that. So one thing that stood out in the results was the 
divergence between how your bricks and brick and mortar stores performed and then how your online experience performed. Yep. Uh, what's your observations in relation to all of that? Well, it's interesting. I think um, customers have certainly come back to stores and they've come back to stores, I think, even probably harder than I thought they were going to. Um, Net net, I'm I'm very happy with that. You know, we've always been an omni-channel retailer. We think about omni-channel. We think about let the customer shop how they want, when they want, and don't try and dictate the way that works, but give them two good channels. Um, but I think it does come back to type of product. Um, and you know, I I was saying pre-pandemic, I thought Adairs would be a 25 to 30 percent uh, online business, and it's fallen right back into that sort of range because so many customers still want to touch, feel, engage with the product before they buy it. In Australia, that you know, I think consumers, there's still an element of it's a, it's a journey and it's, a, it's, a, it's an event. I go out, I go to the stores. But we have seen, I think, the customer post-pandemic be a little more mission-focused, less browsing, yep. far more, I'm coming to buy something. I don't, right. I don't, I, I've, I'm, it's almost like we enjoyed some of that life where it was less busy, you know, less things to do. You weren't allowed to do a bunch of things. So therefore, when I go out and I go to the stores, I tend to want to go out and get some things done and then I'll move back to... Um, to doing some of the other stuff that perhaps I discovered I, I did really enjoy over that uh, pandemic sort of period. So, you know, we're seeing that that conversion in store of customer to, to buying is higher than it was pre-pandemic whilst traffic's down. And for us, I think that makes for a better experience for everyone. It allows me to put the right staffing levels in store to give you a service. And I'm not servicing a bunch of people necessarily that are just there to browse. We're there to help you, you know, create that home that you're, you're looking to deliver. The other thing that is almost... Um uh, boring to hear about is the uh, household position, the mortgage cliff, the big adjustment that's going to make an impact on our household psychology. Yep. The interesting thing about the beginning of this year is that there's been little evidence that that is front of mind for, for consumers. What's your take on that at the moment? Well, I think the consumer has become more discerning. So they are a little more discerning. You know, they, they Middle of the pandemic, it didn't matter. You know, Put good product in front of them and they were didn't really care about price and promo and value. That that took a lesser step in most consumers' minds. Now it's sort of come back, I think, to a more normal sort of operating period where they're sitting there going, I need a deal, but I'm still happy to buy. So yeah. that that concept of, which I think is generally been where retail sat, like pre-pandemic, you still needed a hook, you needed to think about it. Um, and we've seen that come back as something that's probably more prevalent in, in the consumer mindset today is, I like it, but... Can I get it for the right price as yep. opposed to I like it, I just buy it. So that's the shift I've seen to date. Um, so we haven't seen them fall off a cliff. We haven't seen, you know, our, our linen lovers continue to love the product. They're out there, they're buying. I mean, over the course of that time, we bought the Focus on Furniture brand. Yep. And, you know, there we've got average transaction values of $1,600, $1,800. So we're getting into that bulkier goods. And we haven't seen a, a slowdown in that business uh, over the first seven or eight weeks of this half um, that, was a, that was an extraordinary acquisition. Like you, um, uh, the price you paid for it and the return you got in a short space of time has been uh, quite amazing. Like, what do you put that down to? Well, I think the the brand is um, it's a good brand. It's very focused on value, um, so therefore it probably plays well into the market we're going into. But over the course of COVID, what the guys at Focus, the team there, did really well 
is made sure they were in stock. Yeah. So they were okay. in stock. So a lot of, it was obviously supply chains were difficult, challenging, but they didn't move away from their model and go to, well, you order now and you get it in 16 or 20 weeks. They got it to, no, no, you order now and we, we'll get it to you in four weeks' time, which yeah. creates, you know, we know consumers are a bit more about instant gratification. You know, yeah. nothing, nothing better than buying something and having it almost immediately. Um, so that concept of being in stock and really picking their, the way that they went about that. And I think we talk a bit about the benefits of focus sitting within the Adairs group is obviously we get a bit more of a read at Adairs on that we're a bit further up the fashion curve than focus and yep. it allows them to potentially go, hey, is this fabric working for you guys? We think it could be a big thing. And we go, yeah, it is working. Well, that gives them confidence to, right. to buy into that. So there's a little bit yep. of enabling some of that sort of cross-brand understanding of what consumers are looking for that helps them take perhaps a bit more measured risk and a bit more risk even than they might have gone, well, we think it's working, we might not buy it, rather than we think it's working, hey, Mark, is this working? Yeah, it is, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll have a go at that as well. So they've done a really nice job of, uh, of executing on, on that sort of strategy and, and, ex- and rolling that out. Obviously, we want to roll out a bunch more stores. That's a bit more challenging at the moment given the tightness of space in particularly homemaker and larger format stores. Yeah. But as that starts to uh, become more available and more more um, centres come online, I think we've got a, a great opportunity to continue to grow that business. In terms of costs, I mean, uh, that's uh, such a big area in terms of what you can uh, make a difference on. Uh, how Do you reckon you've seen a peak in, in costs for the moment or is that going to be one uh, a thing that has a long tail? I think there is a bit of a long tail in it. I think equally, um, wages will be the next one. You know, of, uh, most of our uh, employees out there in stores are paid under the uh, award. So therefore, the Fair Work uh, announcement later this half will definitely play a big part into what impacts that has on our cost base. Um, you know, landlords have that sort of 25 to 3.5% annual increase. So I... I for a lot of our, our costs, they're, they're largely fixed in, in yep. that sort of mindset. So it's about how we manage them. But I think we will see this cost have a, have a bit of a long tail. And, and I, I think generally, most businesses, once prices go up, they, it takes a long time to come down. And you know, lots of people are critical of businesses that do that and, and are probably a bit more visible. But it tends to be the way because it takes a while to readjust a lot of that cost base that sits underneath yep. that. Whilst inputs might come down, it just takes longer to flow through. So I think there is still a sort of a six to 12 months. But I think we have seen this, the end or we're getting towards the peak of the inflation number and yep. prices keep going up. I think they, they sort yep. of level out a bit from here. We're certainly looking at our pricing going, we think we've passed on uh, what was required and with shipping rates coming down and demand opening up around uh, our supplier base, we're certainly seeing more cost, uh, less cost pressure coming from our suppliers, which will you know, enable us to pass that back on to consumers over time. Now, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is like, you know, what sort of plan do you have in place if there um, comes a situation where there is mortgage stress, yep. where you know consumer confidence uh, continues to suffer for a longer period of time? Um, you have got that flexibility in terms of moving up and down the um, price ecosystem. Yep. Uh, what sort of approach would you take under those circumstances? Well, I think one of the things we're, we're doing is thinking a bit ahead on that. So I think there will be a element of the community who will be under mortgage stress. There will be consumers that will be under mortgage stress over the next 12 months. So what are we doing for them? So that they're part of our... So thinking about ranges, how do we develop ranges that might better support them? How do we bring them yep. in? So there's an element of tweak the product mix to help yep. them um, and make sure you've got an offer that still supports them uh, through the through the process. Um, and then on top of that, for as a business, we think about inventory. So we think about if, if, if that leads to slowing sales, the one thing that retailers don't want to get caught with is lots of inventory. Yep. And obviously the conversation we've had uh, 
already around that supply chain opening back up and, and, and allowing that to happen a bit faster, that gives us a greater opportunity to wind back the just-in-case inventory that yep. we've got. That allows us then to, to play up and down that curve. If you're not sitting on lots of inventory, if the consumer steps away a bit, we can promote a bit harder and, 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 and make sure we still deliver those top-line sales. Um, equally, if they are better than we think, well, then we wind the discount level back and, and we get a, a better margin. So there's a, w- a world where just managing that inventory and making sure we're all over inventory, which comes back to, well, that's something we can definitively control. Don't buy too much and don't don't get too deep in inventory. Gives you that flexibility to trade through any periods where it perhaps gets a bit tougher. But equally with my team, I talk about there's a, there's a section of the market that are going to be impacted by this, but there's a section of the market that aren't. Yep. So make sure we're not just all getting down into here. We've got to make sure we're still offering newness. I mean, one of the things as retailers is you've got to keep providing a reason to buy. So yep. don't 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 retreat into your shell. What's new? What are we going to put in front of them? Because ultimately, a lot of it's discretionary. Yeah. Um, great opportunity for people feel better. You know, once upon a time, if you you know update the cushions, update the throws, it gives a house a new look. All of those sorts of things is a relatively cheap way of of getting into the back into consumer spending and allowing someone to feel good about their home. And so making sure we're balancing those two elements of, right, well, we know there's one consumer that potentially is in this bucket, but there's also a big consumer over here that'll spend all the way through. So don't forget about them and make sure you're giving them lots of newness to, to buy into. Well, with a bit of luck, it's more of a gentle decline rather than a cliff, but it's, it's always good to talk to you, Mark. Thanks very much for your time. No worries. And thanks very much for joining us for the executive series.